Hi, I'm Ray with another, yet another podcast episode. Goodness knows how many I've done now. Let's do a quick weather report first. Then we'll hear about John and his garden shears. <laughs> OK, the flag is... I'm having a look out of the window now. Yeah, the wind's coming from the west. Uh, I think that's what it normally does down here on the coast. 12 degrees centigrade, which is 53 Fahrenheit. 88% humidity. It wasn't meant to rain this morning. Oh, by the way, it's 10 o'clock uh, Thursday morning. What's, what's the date? 23rd March, 23. Wasn't meant to rain till this afternoon. So I'm in the garden doing a few jobs. What happens? Lashed with rain. <laughs> I had to clear all my stuff away. Oh, I don't know. Uh, millibars, 1,000 millibars on the barometer, if you're interested in that. John messaged me. Hello, John. He remembers garden shears. A lot of you have emailed me and said that... Uh, you remember this, you remember that. So many different things people have remembered. So I'll try and get through them all if I can. Garden shears. Yeah, they were like, for those that don't remember, they were huge, huge scissors, I suppose, with wooden handles. And later on, they became plastic handles. But they were the things to use in the old days to trim your hedge. You know, you've got a huge garden. I'm waving my arms around. I don't know why I'm doing that. Is it Magnus Pike? Or Magnus, no, Magnus Pike did that, gesticulating all over the place. I'm waving my arms around. Yeah, huge garden hedge. You might, it might be the length of your garden, I don't know, 100 feet or whatever. And it might be eight feet high. And it might be three feet, I should do all this in metric really, shouldn't I? Three feet wide. And you've got to, with a pair of garden shears, go snip, snip, snip. I mean, that would take all day. Well, it did. It did take all day. That's why quite a few people didn't bother having a hedge. It just wasn't worth the trouble. But of course, with the electric hedge trimmer or petrol driven hedge trimmer, you just whiz along. You can literally walk along the, the side of the hedge and it's done. You've got to clear up the mess, of course, or in my case, leave that to someone else. But yeah, terrific uh, progress uh, from shears to electric hedge trimmer. Hello, Katie, if you're listening, you wouldn't do without your strimmer. You wouldn't be without your strimmer, you reckon. They are good, aren't they? You just whiz round. We've got a strimmer and we use it, well, all the time. Whiz round the edges of things and tidy up bits and pieces. Now, they were only invented. Where was it? The, the Black and Decker strimmer first came out. In fact, I think they registered the, the name strimmer as their whatever you call it, a trade name, isn't it? They, they registered that as a trade name or whatever it's called. So other people that sell the same sort of thing, make different makes, they call them trimmers. They can't use the word strimmer. And yet we all know them as strimmers. It's rather like vacuuming, isn't it? If you use the word hoover to vacuum, you might have an Electrolux or a Shark or a Dyson or whatever make a vacuum cleaner, but you go around hoovering. Now, hoover was the name of the company, wasn't it, that manufactured cleaners by Hoover, obviously. But it's now in the dictionary. To Hoover means to vacuum with a Hoover <laughs> or whatever you're using. Anyway, so yes, Black & Decker, they call theirs this strimmer, but no one else can, so they call it a trimmer. I don't know why I'm waffling on about that. They are terrific, aren't they, Katie? Wouldn't be without ours. In fact, we've got an alleyway that runs between the houses and my neighbour next door, brilliant. He goes out there every few weeks. He's out there again, trimming or strimming or whatever I should call it. And he's really good. He does the whole alleyway, which saves me a lot of work. He's got a decent sized strimmer. So he does a good job with that. Of course, then sticking to the, the garden, there are electric lawnmowers. Now, we had a lawnmower with a, a cable, a plug-in cable electric one years ago and it was awful you've got to keep moving the cable and people do run over them and they cut the cable in half and it's all pretty dangerous you know you've got 230 volts electricity and all this stuff you go and cut the cable same with hedge trimmers you go and cut the cable on that and it could be dangerous but of course now they're cordless now originally the old push mowers do you remember the type they just had a two wheels two wheels one each side and then the blades in the middle, no rollers or anything like that. I remember as a kid pushing one of those around the garden, trying to mow the lawn, and it was just hopeless. Mind you, I was only about five. <laughs> I do remember it, though. It was hopeless. I couldn't work the thing. And, of course, then they had the ones with the rollers at the back, the big roller and the small roller at the front. Then, eventually, they became 
electric. Of course, they had petrol-driven ones, but the electric ones with the cord. And now, I wouldn't go and buy one. The mower we've got was 400, I think, and something pounds. Well, I wouldn't spend that much money on an electric lawnmower, a cordless one, because our lawn just isn't that big. I can run up and down with a push mower in 10 minutes. However, this one was given to us. It was uh, Trisha's mum. Oh, I don't like that. I can't use that. Gave it to us. And it is absolutely brilliant. I think it was given to her, actually. I think several people, it's come along the line somewhere. It's not that old, but no one liked it. Well, I like it. It just whizzed round the lawn. Terrific. No wires or anything anywhere. Fantastic. But going back to the old days, it was a push mower. And obviously you've got a big lawn. You know, I'm going to mow the lawn. Oh, I'll see you next week. <laughs> it doesn't take that long to mow the lawn. But now whiz over it in, well, in minutes. When I lived in the village where I was a parish councillor, so that reminds me. Yeah, Lee, um, no more from Janet, I'm afraid. And others have asked about Janet. And uh, who is it? Maddie. Hello, Maddie. You're asking about village life and the parish council bit. Any more stories about that? Yes, I'll have to try and uh, do some recollecting and make some notes on that. But what I was going to say is that when I lived in the village, we had a huge lawn. So I had a, a motor mower, a petrol mower. Was it, uh, what make was it? Was it Atco? Not Atco. Oh, I can't remember. Isn't it awful? Anyway, that was fantastic. Start that up, off you go. I remember trying to adjust the carburetor on it while I'm going along, while I'm mowing along, because I wanted it to, to actually be running under load sort of thing while I adjusted the carb. So I'm running along beside it, <laughs> trying to adjust this thing. It was funny. I, I fell over. Of course, the mower's going off on its own, and I managed to grab it before it went in, into the bushes, but that was funny. So yes, the motor mowers were good. But so many of them wouldn't start. I remember hearing neighbours, you'd hear, and then a bit of swearing, and they wouldn't start, you know. I remember laughing. <laughs> oh dear. They were great days. But it was all hard work. They were like most things. Everything was hard work back then. People didn't have washing machines. Well, not then. I mean, even further back. People didn't have washing machines, tumble dryers, dishwashers. Oh, talking of dishwashers, here is a coin silence, a real coin silence. The other day I said on the Wednesday message, I'm going to talk about appliances on Sunday. Do you know what happened? That very day, that evening, our dishwasher packed up. <laughs> I said to Trish, I should have kept my mouth shut talking about appliances. Anyway, the funny thing is we're looking online to see about a new one. And now ours works again. It's, it's on its last legs. We've had it 10 years. It's on its last legs. So we're going to buy a new one anyway. But what a coincidence that was on the very day. There we are. Things move in mysterious ways. Something I bought two or three years ago for the garden. It's like a, a hedge trimmer, you know, with all the little blade things on it. But it's only about, what, six or seven inches. It's a, a mini hedge trimmer. Just a, a one-handed thing battery operated of course so cordless and the reason I got that we haven't got any hedges but we've got a camellia out the front so I just stand there just backwards and forwards with this thing just trimming the camellia leaves back a little bit and other bits and pieces we've got along a path I just whiz along there with a little handheld it's just a, a mini hedge trimmer when I first bought it I thought, is that a waste of money? It's about £40, but it's not. I use it several times each year, many times each year. It really is one of the best things I've got for the garden. Then, of course, we've got the Karcher pressure washer to do the, the patio, the front driveway and all that business. No one did that in the old days. I don't think anyone cleaned their, their driveway or patio, did they? If they did, I don't know how they, probably with a, a stiff yard broom and soap and water, I don't know. That wouldn't get it all off, though, would it? All this algae. Is it algae or algae? I don't know. I remember people sweeping up when I was a kid. Obviously, they would sweep up. But I don't remember people scrubbing paving stones and driveways. Also, for using outside, well, and inside, I suppose, we've got a Karcher window cleaner. You wipe on the, the soapy stuff, and then this it's like a vacuum cleaner. It vacuums up the water. There's like a, a blade on it, you know, a, what do you call those things? I can't remember. And it vacuums up the water from the glass 
and it's supposed to leave it streak free. Here's a little tip. Now, my old granddad, many, many moons ago in the 50s, he was cleaning the windows and he was screwing up bits of newspaper. And I'm watching him. I'm kind of five years old still, you know. I was, I was five years old for quite a while, about a year, actually. <laughs> Mental. And I'm watching him and I'm saying, Granddad, why are you screwing up newspaper and cleaning the windows with newspaper? And he said, that is the way to get the streaks off. When you've washed the windows, you've done all that, use the leather, your chamois, and then just go over it all with screwed up old newspaper. And you know, it works a treat. It really is fantastic. I've never forgotten that. And that's getting on for, goodness me, 70 years ago. Well, not quite, but almost 70 years ago. And I can still remember that. How about that? Aren't our brains fascinating? The things that you can store. I don't know how many gig of memory we've got in our brains, but it's a lot. And it is accessible instantly, isn't it? Well, until you get to my age, and then it isn't quite so straightforward. You have to think, you know, what was that? I can't quite remember. And your brain is going through the hard drive, isn't it? It's here somewhere, but I can't quite find it. So it's not instantaneous anymore. But that's it. Try it. Screw up old bits of newspaper and just go over the glass with that when you've finished. One of the most brilliant things that uh, I ever bought was a cordless electric drill for using in the garden. Fantastic. I used to have to drag the wire across the lawn if I'm doing something on the fence, have an extension lead. It's all dangerous, isn't it? It's mains voltage dragged across the lawn and plugs and sockets and things everywhere. But of course, the cordless drill is just amazing. I've got an electric planer. How about that? It, you know, a plane, not an aeroplane, you know, the type we go on the wood. Do you like the sound effects? They're rather good, aren't they? <laughs> I should be hired as a sound effects man by the BBC. So I've got the electric plane. I've got um, an angle grinder. I've got an electric mitre saw, you know, where you can turn the angle to various degrees and things like that. What else have I got? I've got a, a circular saw. I've got two, one handheld. It's a little circular saw, handheld, if you want to just, I don't know, cut little bits out of a sheet of wood or something. That's quite amazing. I've got the bench grinder, of course, with a grinder one end and the wire brush the other end. I've got all this stuff. I did have a pillar drill. I got rid of that in the end. But all this stuff, imagine before you had any of this. Well, before electricity, I suppose. It must have been, well, as I said earlier, just hard work. Just hard work all the time. Hand drill. You want to drill a hole in a brick wall. You've got a masonry bit and a hand drill. Or what they used, though, was like a, a chisel thing, wasn't they? They hammer, hammer, hammer and twist this thing round. Do you remember those? Oh, that is going back a long time. That's when the wall plugs were wood, not plastic. Wood and uh, wall plugs, if you want to put up a shelf that's crooked when you look at it afterwards. <laughs> then, of course, on to the bigger stuff. There are chainsaws, electric chainsaws and petrol-driven chainsaws. We don't need anything like that in our garden, of course, but... Uh, Again, you see pictures, don't you, of the of two men either side of a tree, each on the end of a, a huge saw, a big handle on the end of a huge saw, and they're rocking backwards and forth. That's good sound effect, isn't it? That was real. <laughs> and it must have taken them hours to saw a tree, you know, to lob a tree down. Whereas now with a chainsaw, it takes minutes. Of course, going back to huge circular saws, driven by traction engines. There's one at Ambley Museum. They have got this traction engine, a huge flat belt, canvas belt, which turns this circular saw, which must be, it's got to be four foot diameter, if not more. And they cut tree trunks up with it. It's on a, a huge bed. You turn a handle and the whole bed that the log is on, the tree trunk is on, and it slowly moves as you turn the handle and the saw's cutting it into planks. Rather good to watch. Whereas again, these days, I mean, you just whiz it through some electric machinery and it's done. Not all this uh, firing up the, the coal fire on the traction engine, getting the water to boil, producing steam, and <laughs> you just press a button and it's done. Everything must have been such hard work in those days. Look at cement mixers. The first ones were petrol engine ones, weren't they? What happened before cement mixers? I suppose a, a shovel. That was it, a, a sort of bowl or you know, a big barrel or whatever they did it in a big flat area and a shovel and a hose pipe and mix up the cement that way. 
hard work, especially with concrete. Imagine laying concrete rows and you've got to mix all that by hand. Stone the crows. <laughs> no wonder they were pretty strong men. I remember uh, my dad-in-law, he's gone now. He was a train driver. He started on the steam engines and uh, he was talking about the plate layers. He's, he was often saying they were big, strong lads. You don't want to mess with them. Muscles and all that because of the job they did, physical work all the time. Unlike someone like me who sat at a bench mending televisions and <laughs> doesn't build up your muscles at all. I'm just wondering about cement mixers. Did they have handle, like hand-driven ones? Just a big handle on the side and you crank it and that mix the cement. Because old washing machine, early washing machines, it was the dolly, wasn't it? The dolly and the tub. And the dolly looked like a milking stall with a handle on. Do you remember? We well, won't remember. I don't remember those. I'm not that old. Good grief. But that was a, a washing machine of sorts that you did by hand. And then I believe they went... Hello? What's that? That's a, an email or a newsflash. I believe they had a washing machine with a handle on it and you just stood there and turned the handle and that whizzed the clothes around or back and forth. So I wonder whether cement mixers were like that. Back then, of course, in the early days, earlier than the 50s, earlier than the 40s, everything was hard work. I mean, a housewife, she spent all day doing the washing. Well, not all day, all day the next day as well. Monday was wash day. I remember Monday being wash day when I was a kid. My mum had the old single tub washing machine I mean, before that, she, I'm not that old. She didn't have the dolly thing. She had a single tub machine, put all the clothes in that. They whiz round for a while. Then you've got to empty the water out, put clean water in it, whiz them round for a while, empty it out, put clean water in it. This is to rinse everything. Then finally, when it's all rinsed, good job we didn't have water meters in those days. You finally put it through the mangle. You stand there turning the handle. I remember helping when I was little, turning the handle. And that was dangerous. You trap your fingers in it. And then they had an electric mangle. Now that was dangerous. You get your fingers in the electric mangle between the rollers. It did have a safety mechanism on it, but I dread to think how good that was. <laughs> Probably didn't stop until it got up to your elbow. Awful though. Imagine, no, don't imagine that. That's dreadful. So electrical things were coming in. I remember in the kitchen before we had a fridge, we kept the milk in the summer in a bucket of water. We had a pantry with a cold shelf. Who remembers pantries with cold shelves? You might even live in a house that's still got that. Trisha's mum, she's still got her original pantry. It's a built-in thing. It's part of the kitchen. And there's a, a shelf in there. It's tiled. And at the back is an opening, but it's covered in very fine zinc mesh to let the air in. It's fine because you don't want insects coming in, of course. And that stays cool in the summer. So you'd have perhaps a bucket of water in there with milk in. I remember the milk would have dots in it. My mum would make me a cup of tea and there's dots floating around and I wouldn't have it. I'm not having that with dots in. The milk's bad. She'd say, no, it's not. And hook them out with a teaspoon. I still wouldn't drink the tea because I'm fussy like that. I don't, I'm not having tea with bad milk. It's not bad. It's just got little dots in. As soon as there were dots, that's it. I'm not having that. <laughs> Whereas these days, you just chuck it in the fridge. You know, you, we just don't even think now of all the appliances. What have we got in our kitchen? We've got a bread maker. Now, in the old days, how did you make bread? Well, you didn't. You go and buy sliced bread from the shop. But before that, you made your bread in the oven. In a, a range, a coal or wood-fired oven. <laughs> Imagine making bread in that. So we've got a bread maker. We've got an air fryer. We've got a pressure cooker, not the, we've got the old type that you put on the gas stove, but this is an electric pressure cooker. And Trish uses that all the time. Fantastic for rice pudding. What else have we got? A toaster, of course. Now in the old days, again, they had electric toasters, but before they became popular, you would do your toast on the a grill, wasn't it? On the cooker, you have a grill. And before that, you would do your toast on a fork sitting by the fire either the coal fire in the lounge or in front of the range in the kitchen or scullery or whatever it was. Now, we still do that. This is what I like about the old days. I don't miss a lot of the old days because we, we bring it forward. We sit in the winter, either side of the coal fire. We've each got a toasting fork, hangs either side of the, the fireplace. And we toast bread or crumpets or hot cross buns or whatever they are. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> tea cakes aren't they and we sit there a little table between us 
with butter, real butter, you know, not this modern rubbish, proper butter, and we spread a bit on our, our hot uh, tea cakes. It's lovely to toast them by the fire, just like they did 100 years ago, more than 100 years ago. So you can bring some of the old stuff forward to today if you're mad enough like we are. Just going back to the garden for a minute, you can get electric fence sprayers, can't you, to spray on the, the fence treatment stuff. That's all right, but it only takes this new, what is it, brown, you can get blue, you get different colours. It's rubbish, absolute rubbish. In the old days, you get a big old brush and a pair of gloves and proper creosote, and you'd be out there creosoting the fence, and it really was good protection. Proper creosote, can't get that anymore. Well, you can if you're a farmer or someone like that. You've got to have some license or something. There is substitute creosote, which I use. It's okay, but it's nothing like the old stuff. If you are interested in preserving your your fence, <laughs> put some old engine oil in with the creosote, mix that up and put that on your fence. That oil will soak in and it'll put years on the life of the fence. There we are. This isn't a gardening program. What else is there in outside or in the garden that's now automatic or electric? Well, there's some um, shredders, garden shredders. So if you've pruned a, a tree or a hedge or something, you, you just chuck it all in the shredder and that mangles it all up. Because <laughs> something we can't do now is have bonfires. That was great fun. In the autumn, sweep up the leaves, have a bonfire down the garden. Fantastic smell. There's nothing like the smell of a bonfire in the autumn. Absolutely brilliant. I think, I think I've said this before. I reckon that it triggers something deep within our, what, memory, brain, psyche or whatever, of the old days. Now, when I say old days, I don't mean the 1950s. I mean, like, millions of years ago. <laughs> I always thought about millions of years ago. What happened before the Big Bang? What, what went bang? Anyway, it wasn't that far back. But people would have bonfires, wouldn't they? In the woods, you lived in the woods. You lived in caves. Well, you didn't, people did. We lived in caves in those days, Stone Age, and they had fires. And I just wonder whether walking through the woods, as I, I love doing, I just feel at home, especially if there's a bonfire somewhere. You've got the trees, the wildlife, the smell of the bonfire. It just, it takes me back. A few million years. <laughs> I've got a good memory, haven't I? <laughs> Happy days. Talking of uh, treating wood, I bought a huge thing, a five-litre thing of linseed oil. That is good stuff. It's boiled linseed oil. I've done our bench, our new bench, and I'm now doing our patio table out the back. And it's fantastic stuff, this linseed oil. Of course, you can't sit on the bench for years because it's wet. No, it, it doesn't take that long. But it really is good stuff. Shall we move away from the garden for a while? I think that's an idea. Time for coffee, actually. I'll tell you what we didn't have in the old days. That was a lift to school. All these, what are they um, in their Chelsea, blonde ladies in their Chelsea tractors taking their little ones to school? We didn't have that. We had to walk. We had to go on a bicycle. When I lived in a shoebox in the middle... Do you remember that, Monty Python? Oh, we lived in a shoebox in the middle of a cesspit. Yeah, that were luxury. <laughs> Silly, wasn't it? Good fun in the old days. But we didn't have a lift to school. You know, come rain or shine, we, we walked or went on our bikes. I know that people today say, younger people say, oh, I wish you'd stop going on about when you were a lad. You know, when you were young. We had to do this, we had to do that. It's just that that's our memories, I suppose. You know, we remember those days. And when I see kids of today, you know, getting a lift here and a lift there, and they don't seem to have a bike, they don't walk anywhere, I just think, well, I don't know. It's, at least we got exercise back then, climbing trees. And anyway, I'm not going to go into the woods and all that business because uh, the episode will last about three or four hours. <laughs> as did Boris Johnson's, um, what was it, interrogation or whatever yesterday. It was that three, over three hours, wasn't it? I didn't watch it. I, I just can't do all this stuff anymore. It's too much. Another appliance, well, it's not really an appliance, is it? A radio in the old days known as the wireless. Turn the wireless on. We'll hear the news on the BBC Home Service. But when that came along and people got that in their homes, that must have been fantastic. But the thing is... It lasted decades, didn't it? The wireless, the radio, 
transistor radios back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Now, radio's gone. They reckon that very few people listen to the radio. Very few youngsters, anyway, listen to the radio. It's only a few oldies that seem to listen to it because it's all streaming and whatever they do, isn't it, these days? And television, they reckon now that a lot of youngsters don't watch TV channels as we all did in the old days, as I do now. It's all, again, it's all streaming. So whatever they want to watch, they just stream it on whatever, on their TV or iPad or phone. So things really are changing. But that was an amazing, if you can call it a wireless, an appliance in the old days. When that came along, that must have been an amazing experience. Imagine the man from the radio shop turning up in his Morris Thousand van. Well, no, before that, on a bicycle. Yeah, he would have turned up on a bicycle in the very, very old days with the radio an accumulator, uh, batteries or whatever, unless you had uh, mains power supply in your house. And he'd set it up, he'd put an aerial up, he'd climb up a ladder, put an aerial up around the house or up in the attic, set it all up for you, show you how to use it, tune into the, the home service, BBC home service. That must have been incredible, actually having a radio in your home, like the first TVs that ever came along. That must have been something else that was uh, quite a milestone all the different appliances that appeared over the decades. Hair dryers must have, well, Bakelite hair dryers, they must have come out in the 20s, 30s, I would imagine. Electric fires. Here are the seagulls. I know why they're screaming. It's getting dark. The sun's gone. It's getting dark out. Where are we? Quarter to one. Meant to be lashing rain this afternoon. But of course it rained this morning when it wasn't meant to. I don't know. Do you remember the Hoover Constellation vacuum cleaner? Only those in the UK will remember that. The round one. It floated on air, on a cushion of air. That was quite good. They had a lot of suction, those cleaners. They were really worth having, especially in a workshop. We had one in the TV workshop. And it was great for, you know, we put a rubber hose on it, a thin, well, not too thin. What was it? About an inch across rubber hose. And you could get it in the back of tellies and radios. You know, get all the dust out with a paintbrush. Hoover Constellation, that was quite a nice little vacuum cleaner. In fact, who is it? I think my brother-in-law still got one. Imagine someone from, say, the 30s or 40s being shown a microwave oven. <laughs> Imagine that. You put something in, close the door, and within seconds it's done. It's warmed up. <laughs> they would have thought it was some sort of magic. In fact, our air fryer, now air fryers have really caught on, haven't they? Everyone seems to have an air fryer. Trish has done a roast dinner in 20 minutes. As roast potatoes, can you believe that? 20 minutes, she timed herself. Imagine in the old days trying to do roast potato in the oven. It would have taken, I don't know how long it takes, ages in a, a gas or electric oven. In fact, when Trish worked, I, I worked from home, as you know, if we were having baked potatoes, jacket potatoes, I'd put them in the oven at three o'clock in the afternoon because she came home about five. So I put them in the oven. They'd be on for two hours. When she came in, they're just about ready. Two hours of the gas oven going. Whereas now it takes, what, 20 minutes or so, not even that. What she does, she'll microwave them, then stick them in the air fryer. And the other day she said, do you want baked potato and salad? Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. My favourite. And next minute, it seemed, it seemed like five minutes had gone by. Dinner's ready. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so in the old days... A baked potato in the oven at least two hours. All that gas used or electricity, all that energy used. A huge oven just for a couple of potatoes in the middle of it. Well, unless you're doing anything else with it, of course. Doing the ironing in the old days, you warm the iron up by the coal fire or on the range, you know, stick it on the range. That warms the iron up. So you do a bit of ironing. As that one goes cool, you put that on the range and take the other iron off the range. Uh, so you're using that one while the other one's heating up. Then they used to plug irons into the light socket, didn't they? The light socket in the middle of the ceiling. The reason they did that is because the lighting tariff on the electricity bill, lighting was cheaper than the PowerPoint on the wall. So people plugged everything into the light, took the bulb out and stuck a... Well, they know they had these adapters, didn't they? So you've got the bulb and the iron plug. And then you switch on the, the light switch on the wall the bulb comes on and your iron warms up. <laughs> Other things people did. Look at the steam. Well, steam irons were out in the 60s, weren't they? I remember them then. The Hoover steam iron was a good one. 
I remember my mum had one of those. But now they are, what do they call them? So I can't remember what they call them. But uh, the, the steam things they've got now are incredible. They're really incredible. It's a huge thing, isn't it, that the iron sits on, a huge thing full of water. What do they call them? Steam generators, or I don't know what they're called, some silly name someone's invented. Look at that. Clear blue sky and sunshine. And only a few minutes ago, it was black and rainy. I just can't believe this weather. Off on a tangent for a minute. Do you remember last Wednesday on the midweek message, I said I got some news. Well, the news is, I can't tell you what it is, but uh, I'm going away somewhere. I won't be here this Wednesday. You're listening to this Sunday, aren't you? I won't be here this Wednesday. So I'm going to have to record the Wednesday midweek message before I go. I shall tell you all about that when I get back. <laughs> Am I looking forward to it? Yes. Yes and no. Well, I don't know. It's difficult to say, isn't it? Well, of course it is. You don't know what I'm talking about. OK, what else was I going to ramble on about? The beetroot seeds have popped up. The onion sets are doing well. We've got some runner beans to plant or to sow. You, you plant plants, don't you, and sow seeds. I've still got the carrots to do, the radish, parsnip, and loads of other packets of seeds. Uh, Trish said, what are you going to do with all these seeds? Where are you going to plant them, sow them? I said, I don't know. I'm <laughs> all over the garden. And she's been saying, well, there's nowhere left. There's not actually, there's nowhere left for anything else. I'll have to get some tubs or something to put them in. The runner beans are going in a tub. Again, back to the old days, everyone grew their own stuff. I'll tell you what, the bank interest rate's going up. So people with mortgages and the rest of it are going to have to pay more. And I have heard that people are buying, like me, they're buying plants and seeds, your vegetable stuff, to grow in their gardens. So we're going full circle back to kind of wealth back to the, the wartime days, back to the 50s, where people grew their own veg. In fact, some of the seeds we wanted, they're out of stock. We went to, what, two or three places, and they're out of stock. And also, the prices of seeds have gone up. I don't know since when, but they're a lot more expensive this year than they have been other years. I, I don't know. There we are, side of the times, I suppose. I just remembered also in our kitchen, we've got a an ice maker, well, it's not the kitchen, it's in the utility room, an ice making machine, a sandwich maker, is it a Breville sandwich, toasted sandwich thing? We've got a toaster, of course, the microwave, a food mixer, a hand mixer, <laughs> an electric tin opener. It goes on and on. This is just the kitchen. I remember in the old days, the policemen used to ride round on their bikes. They didn't have a radio in the 50s, didn't have a like a walkie-talkie like they do these days, they had to stop at a phone box and call into the police station from the <laughs> from the phone box. Not the walkie-talkies or appliances as such, but uh, that's more electronic goods that they just didn't have. And of course, when that came along, that must have been amazing. I used to listen to the police on the radio in the 60s. They had radio by then, of course. And that was interesting, listening to their conversations, what they were doing, what they were up to. There's another electrical device for the kitchen we've got that we don't use anymore and that's a steamer you know you put the vegetables or whatever it is in there and it steams them but I don't think we use that anymore Trish does the cooking as you probably gather by now I I just <laughs> I'm not very good at that mind you when she had her gallbladder operation do you remember that I did a roast dinner all by myself I was quite proud she's amazed she doesn't forget that. She, she'll often mention that. When are you going to do another roast dinner? Well, when you have another gallbladder out. <laughs> You've only got one. So in other words, never. Of course, the policeman couldn't uh, go to the local phone box now. There aren't any. I don't, are there any phone boxes anywhere in Britain? I don't, there's probably one or two. But uh, I can't think of any around here. There used to be a phone box almost on every street corner. You know, literally just about on every street corner. But of course, who wants a phone box now? You've got the mobile phone. There's, just, I don't know, there's just so many people. With, well, everyone now has a mobile phone. Why do you need a phone box? The old red iconic phone boxes, they, they were part of Great Britain, weren't they? The world over. Everyone loved London and the red phone boxes. Now they've all gone. Oh, dear. No, there's a house not far from us. Uh, well, about a quarter of a mile. They got a phone box in their garden, in their front garden. It's locked, of course, and in there, what's in there? There's a, 
like a mannequin of a person in there on the phone. <laughs> it looks quite good, actually. And of course, it's not going to get pinched, is it? No one's going to lift a phone box and put it in the boot of their car. I do get quite a few emails saying, what did you have back then in, the, in your day in the 50s that we don't have now? Well, we had the policeman riding by on his bicycle every day, I think, every day on his beat. He'd ride past evening, oh, he'd say hello to him and he'd sometimes stop and have a chat. So that we don't have these days. We don't have the phone boxes. Well, of course, we don't need those now. We still have milk deliveries, I think. Uh, next door have a milk delivery, a milkman calls, but they are now, they're very few and far between. And of course, all the other delivery vans, there was the, the greengrocer would come round in his van. I remember my mum would go in the back of the van and she'd say, right, I'll have that cabbage, a couple of those leeks, a bag of carrots or whatever, so many pounds of carrots, potatoes, and then... She'd pay him in the back of the van, bring the stuff in, he'd carry it in for her. The Corona lorry, the fizzy drinks. Who remembers the Corona lorry coming round? Fantastic. My favourite was Cherryade. <laughs> Terrible for your teeth, full of sugar, but oh, it was lovely. Then there was the baker's van. He'd come round and you'd choose bread and rolls and stuff and cakes out of the back of his van. The Coleman, he'd come round. <laughs> there were sorts of people coming round in their vans, selling their wares which was good. I mean, why not save people going out? Housewives were busy. I mean, you can call them housewives. I can, because they were housewives then. I know today that's some kind of derogatory term. You get the hate police onto you if you call someone a housewife. It's a hate crime. <laughs> Honestly, if people back then could have had a glimpse of what it's like now, they'd have had a fit. They'd have said, you know, what on earth has gone wrong with the world? Is that what we've got to look forward to? Ah, oh dear, these hate crimes and thought police. That got <laughs> In the old days, the coppers went round on their bikes catching robbers and burglars. I don't quite know what goes on these days. <laughs> Did I say burglars? They're, they're burglars, aren't they? It's a, an odd word. Burglars. Burglars, I said. <laughs> but no, seriously, people would have a fit. I don't know what they'd have done. I doubt they'd have wanted a future like that. They probably would have said, well, now I'm going to go and live in the woods. I'm going to go and live in the mountains on my own. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's not funny. I know I'm laughing, but it's not funny. The things I read online every day, weird stuff. People being offended. Oh, dear me. I mean, in my day, no one took a fence <laughs> or a gate. Oh, dear. No, seriously, people didn't get offended by stuff you just got on with life you know you had an allotment to tend you had a vegetable patch to look after you didn't go around getting offended by the slightest thing moving on before someone takes offense <laughs> i've just been talking to trish about appliances she said don't forget the electric hand blender that we've got we don't use it hello what's that another news flash or something electric knife we don't use that Electric smoothie maker. You know, is it the Ninja smoothie maker? Then there's a, an electric multi-cooker, which we do use sometimes. I'm not sure what that... When I say we, I mean Trish. <laughs> I don't. Then, so we've done the garden, we've done the kitchen. The bedroom, electric... Well, we did the hairdryer. Hair straighteners, electric hair curlers, tongs, electric foot spa, electric nail file thing, a thing for doing... I don't know. It goes on and on, doesn't it? Just moving on now. I've got an email from Sarah. Hello, Sarah. She's talking about supermarkets, uh, which is quite good, actually, because someone else has mentioned that. Um, you go in the supermarket, Sarah is saying, and you buy a cucumber. It's wrapped in plastic. You buy a bottle of tonic to go with your gin, and it's in a plastic bottle. Not the gin, the tonic. Wouldn't surprise me if they sell gin and vodka in plastic bottles before long. And then you buy some... Carrots, they're in a bag. Potatoes are in a bag. All plastic, of course. Plastic, plastic, plastic. You get to the checkout, <laughs> and it's a good point, Sarah, I must say. You get to the checkout, and they say you can't have a plastic carrier bag. Oh, no, it's bad for the environment. You've got a trolley full of plastic packaging and wrapping, but you can't have a carrier bag. I mean, I agree. You know, Sarah does say, and I agree with her, that getting rid of carrier bags is a good idea. 
But as she says, well, why not get rid of the other stuff? Now, here we go again. When I was a boy, carrier bags. Yes, we had carrier bags. The bag was like a thick paper and the handle was string. Can you imagine that? String for the handle. All biodegradable, no problem at all. You hear that aeroplane? You buy carrots, apples or whatever. They're all put into bags, but they were paper bags. The greengrocer, everywhere you went, the butcher, you buy a lump of meat. He wraps it up in paper. I don't know whether there was greaseproof paper or what, because um, I, I, I didn't go into butchers. But anyway, it's a very good point, isn't it? Oh, there's all this plastic stuff everywhere. People keep saying we must get rid of plastic. And yet loads of stuff you buy in the supermarket is in plastic packaging. I, I really don't understand it. Or why can't we go back to paper? Thinking back, fish and chip shops sold their fish and chips in newspaper, used newspaper, old newspapers. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Bit of newsprint on your chips and on your fish, bit of ink, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it was perfect. Of course, they had to change. All right, go to clean paper. I think they still sell them in paper, don't they? But everything was paper. Of course, people were saying, oh, we're going to run out of trees. Well, now, have you heard about what's just happened in Plymouth? The council, apparently, allegedly, don't want to get sued, they've, they've felled over 100 trees in Plymouth, in the city centre. Is it a city? Probably. What's the point of that? Then they're talking about, oh, well, we can't use too much paper because of the... Oh, I don't know. I think everyone's mad. They're all mental. Going back to supermarkets, email here from... Hang on, where's my notes? Here we are, Christine. Hello, Christine. Nice to hear from you. She's saying that she was in the supermarket the other day and she overheard a couple of ladies talking. One of them took something off the shelf. She doesn't say, you don't say what it was, Christine. Anyway, and she beeped it. You know the hand beepers, you just hold it up, beep, put it in your trolley and it's on your list on the hand thing. So this lady beeped this item and then shrieked, what? Because <laughs> Christine looked round like, what on earth happened? What's going on? And it was the price. The lady's friend said, you're right. She said, no, I'm not. Look at the price. She put this item back and removed it, de-beeped it from her handgun thing. She said, I'm not paying that. And Christine is saying that she's noticed a lot of people in the supermarket. When she goes around doing her shopping, she'll see people take something off the shelf, look at it and put it back. And it's the price, isn't it? Now, something else. This is interesting, Christine. She says, we've had food far too cheap for far too long. Now, do you agree with that? She points out about the milk. Do you remember the milk a few years ago? Arbitrary figures just taken out of the air for a minute. I'm doing a Magnus Pike, Pike, Pipe? Magnus Pike. Wave my arms about and you can't even see me. I don't know why I'm doing that. Milk. Just for argument's sake, it costs the farmer 50 pence a pint to produce it, okay? The supermarkets pay him 48p a pint. So he's losing 2p a pint on the milk that he gets, that he produces. What is the point of that? That's no good for the farmer. So he's going to say, well, I'm not going to bother to make the milk then, or the cows aren't. But this is what is happening. You get supermarket price wars, as um, Christine's pointing out in her email. One of them is selling something at 85 pence, so the other supermarket, right, 80p. 80p here, look, cheaper than them. So a third supermarket, right, okay, 79 pence. Beat that. And the price goes down and down and down. I do see what you're saying, Christine. And I have thought that not everything, but there are certain items in supermarkets that are too cheap. They have been too cheap for a long time. I know the majority of people would say, well, the, the cheaper, the better, surely. But it doesn't always work that way, as Christine's pointing out. That's interesting. Thank you for that. There was an item on the news this morning. I was watching the telly. And they're talking about uh, people going back to growing their own food, vegetables, fruit, stuff like that. Why not? This is exactly what we've started doing. We've got our beetroot seeds. They're coming up. Our onion sets are in. They're still alive, fortunately, after some lashing rain the last couple of days. I've got parsnip seed, carrot, radish, various other seeds. Oh, and <laughs> a load of uh, wildflower type stuff for the bees. And also some seeds uh, that certain things that Gary the tortoise can eat so uh, is he listening hear that Gary we're going to grow you some food yeah he's moaning about that 
So that's interesting that now even on the telly, they're talking about people going back to growing their own vegetables and stuff like that, as they did back in the good old days. What goes round comes round, isn't that what they say? As we're talking about food, I'll just mention one other thing that I saw, or did I hear it on the radio? Well, wherever, telly or radio. They were talking about people buying food, people that haven't got a great deal of money. Why don't they make their own stuff, cook their own food? Like if you're having a pie, make it from scratch. And this lady, it was on the radio, that's right. This lady was saying that a lot of people don't know how to do it. They don't know how to make a pie from scratch. Steak and kidney pie, for example. You buy the steak, you buy the kidney, you've got to make the pastry, blah, blah, blah. They don't know how to do it. This other person was saying, well, that's stupid, isn't it? If they can't cook, they must be stupid. And the first lady said, no, just because they haven't been taught to cook, it doesn't mean to say they're stupid. I can't do plastering on the walls and the ceiling. I've tried it. I can't get it flat. I've watched people do it. I can't do it. It doesn't mean to say I'm stupid because I can't do it. I've just never been taught. I've never been shown how to do it properly. Same with the ladies that can't cook or men, people that can't cook. It doesn't mean they're stupid. They just don't know how to do it. No one's ever shown them. Of course, you can save a lot of money by going to the shop, buying all your own ingredients and doing it all from scratch but uh, only if you know how to. So many people, you go to the supermarket, you want a steak and kidney pie, well, you buy one, and there it is. You just stick it in the oven or whatever you do with it. Can you microwave it? I don't know. And there it is, job done. You haven't got to do all the work, all the pastry making. Do you remember that? In the old days, my mum was always rolling out pastry. (laughs) We had all sorts of pastry things in the old days. Brilliant pies and whatever cheese flan that was one of my favorites cheese flan she used to do oh that was bliss fantastic of course these days I do see the argument that people make well there isn't time they haven't got time to go and buy the ingredients and do it themselves very often the husband and the wife are out at work all day they get in you've got to have a meal because a lot of people order a takeaway (laughs) I, I know of people that order a takeaway several times a week Now, that's not good for you, is it? And that's expensive. But you both get in from work. The kids are in from school. Everyone needs to eat. What do you do? You can't start rolling pastry. Well, you could, but the meal is going to be quite late into the evening. I suppose the same could be said of growing your own vegetables. It takes time. If you're at work all week, you've only got the weekend. There are probably jobs to do around the house. I've spent hours mucking about with these beetroot seeds, <laughs> making the you know the raised border and putting the onions in and all that stuff. I've spent tens of hours out there, but of course I'm retired. I've got all day, every day to do that. Trish is retired. She's got all day, every day. She does batch cooking. She'll do a curry, vegetable curry, in a huge pot, you know, one of these jam pots. Then they all go into containers and go in the freezer. Then she'll do a a kind of stew thing and various other things. And the freezer is full of containers, ready cooked food. All all we have to do, or all she has to do, (laughs) I love saying we, all she has to do is grab a couple of these, microwave them a bit, and there's your meal. She will normally do potatoes or something, a bit of veg to go with it. Depends what it is, of course. But she's got the time. Also, cooking is a hobby of hers. It is a hobby. She loves it. She'll say to me, right, tomorrow I'm spending the whole day cooking. And she does. And she's got the music blaring down there. (laughs) She loves it. And of course, I love it because my hobby is eating. (laughs) Happy days. Oh, something else she makes is homemade soup. Now that is lovely. Celery soup, tomato soup, mushroom soup. She makes all this stuff. And again, she'll make a a 60-gallon drum of... No, not quite (laughs) 60 gallons. No, but a a few litres of soup. And it all goes into the freezer. So at lunchtime, you know, do you fancy celery soup? Oh, yes, please. That'd be nice. With a slice of homemade brown bread. All very, very cheap to produce, if you've got the time, of course. Talking of time, what is it? 50 minutes I've been droning on. Raiserants at protonmail.com. If you want to email me about anything. Interesting. I love emails. I love getting your emails because it gives me ideas and I can tell your stories and things. So... Do email me if you've got, again, if you've got time. (laughs) Have you got the time? Raiserants at protonmail.com. 
Just briefly going back to growing your own vegetables and fruit and things like that. My dad worked full time back in the 50s. And at weekends, he would tend the garden. You know, he'd be in the, he had a huge greenhouse down the garden. We had a very big garden. He had a big greenhouse. He had rows of peas and he grew potatoes. Well, everything. Gooseberries, black currants, red currants. I remember all that. And he would tend all that lot and do whatever he did to it at the weekend. I think now people at weekends are busy. Again, they're busy doing things. They're going here. They're going there. They're going everywhere. They haven't got hours to potter around in the garden it's a shame isn't it it's a shame there's not more time well there is you can't have more time you can't extend you can't make days 36 hours instead of 24 I remember my son now here's the thing I remember him saying once it's a shame we have to sleep because it's a waste of time I wonder if he's listening do you remember saying that that was years ago Waste of time, isn't it? So many things you could be getting on with and sorting out, but you're just on the bed doing nothing, sleeping. What a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Sleep. Why do we sleep? They've tried, haven't they? Scientists or doctors, whoever. They try and induce sleep, don't they? But it doesn't seem to work. They can't. Is it emulated or whatever they do? Interesting, interesting stuff. Well, the sun's shining. Oh, by the way, it's Friday now. I don't know whether we're going to our club this afternoon for a couple of beers. That would be rather nice. A couple of pints of London Pride and then come back and have dinner. That would be nice. We'll see what happens. It's only around the corner, but we tend not to go if it's lashing with rain. I don't want to get soaked. And obviously we can't drive there and back. But what I am going to do is get on with a few bits and pieces in the garden. Make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> so that'll be good. I love going out there. Oh, our frog, by the way, we've got Mr. Frog. I think he's becoming quite tame. When we used to walk past the pond, you'd hear a splash. He'd dive down and hides in the mud at the bottom of the pond. Now he will look. He doesn't disappear. I think he's got to know us. Isn't that interesting? I wonder whether frogs have memories. Like I said about Gary the tortoise, he remembered where his ramp was. He went straight for the ramp to where his, his house is inside the shed, his living quarters. So I wonder whether frogs remember things. Just your thoughts if you are ageing, as I am ageing. Do you like that? <laughs> Do you remember the 50s, the 60s? Is it more of a rat race now than it was then? Were things, were people more relaxed back then? They go to work, they do their job, they come home, They'd potter around in the garden or whatever they did. Things, were they different then? Were they more relaxed? Did people have more time? I know there's only the same amount of time in the day, obviously. But did they have more time back then? But yeah, it would be interesting to see what uh, you can remember of that. I know people say, oh yeah, when you were a kid, back in those days, every summer was red hot. Every winter there was snow because kids loved it all. And it's not true. Every summer it rained, as it does now. Every winter was just not always snow, but sometimes just cold, grey, miserable, dull and awful. <laughs> I remember the summers, they were great. OK, look, I'm rambling on now. 55 minutes is enough. You've endured, if you're still listening, I admire your endurance. You've almost done it to the very end. Just another minute or two and I shall leave you in peace. Not even that. Look, take care. I shall see you on Wednesday for the midweek message. Hope all's well with you. Look after yourselves and behave yourselves, of course, as I do, because I'm an upright pillar of the community, aren't I? <laughs> Bye-bye for now.